Uh, hey guys, buckle up for a new episode, the fifth episode of Historic Gibberish by two random high school students. Today we're going to talk about the German revolutions of 1848 to 1849, also known as the Matz Revolution. Um, yeah, so first we're going to talk about this event and then the meaning, some perspectives, and share ideas. So, hello, Mr. Han. <laughs> hello, Mr. Johan. Yeah, so today we decided to talk about the German revolutions. Yeah, German States Revolution or some Pan-European Revolution. Yes, and first of all, I want to ask you, do you have a specific reason you chose this topic for today? Well, <laughs> so, well... When you see our original plan to broadcast for broadcasting this podcast, yes, uh, we 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 were supposed to talk about talk about some French Revolution, the series of French Revolution, the three French mm -hmm. Revolution. But you know, like every plan in this world, our plan for broadcasting was twisted, yeah. twisted yes. and damaged, and. I have to. I had to change, modify the plan. Mm -hmm. so, well, we will talk about it about it later. But the German Revolution, mass revolution, yes. is usually considered that. Yeah, it's usually considered the as the revolution that spread the idea of liberalism and republicanism in European European states, European yeah states, mm -hmm. European states. So. I thought it would be reasonable and it would be effective to uh, follow the chronological progress process of history from French Revolution, the French uh, from the Glorious Revolution and the American Revolution, and American Revolution affected to French Grand Revolution, Grand French Revolution, and Fr French Revolution also sprouted sprouted the seed of liberalism to Europe. So I think the order is would be effective and reasonable. But you know, our plan was our plan is damaged now. So yeah, well, right. Plans they're always twisted. Yeah, we haven't even talked about French Revolution yet. Well actually we do have a part of it, like the February Revolution, yeah. but yes, and I think it's amazing how that maybe today, these days, as today's society, like neo-Marxism and that kind of theories or ideas are upcoming and it hit the educational area, um, or what we call it, the system, it changed it. And I think it would be amazing if we could connect it in our second phase of today's pockets. So, yes. Yeah. We'll talk about Soviet Revolution later. We'll yeah. talk about later, but question: What is neo-Marxism like? Uh, neo-Marxism. I'm, uh, I'm curious what the concept is. That what is neo-Marxism? Well, neo-Marxism. Not sure whether we we should put it forth yeah. of German talking about German Revolution, but if you want to know what neo-Marxism is, be tuned on. We'll talk about it in the second phase. Okay. Wow. <laughs> the... <Yeah. laughs> Artful, well, artful skill of you know, you know, changing <laughs> questions and defense, question defense. Well, uh, if you want to know, stay tuned. Go on. Okay, so let's start talking about the German revolutions of 1848. Mm -hmm. So, what should we start with? The groundworks. Yeah, let's start with the groundworks. So, as uh, some people may know, or some people may not, German Revolution is a, an event that happened after, happened due to like poverty and economic failure in that hit the entire Europe since 1845. Am I right? Partially, no. Yeah, well, could you explain the detail about the economic failure? Okay, well, yes, and as 
you 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 you're gonna hear this term very often today. Proletariats. Yeah, proletariats. Yeah, the classes like down below there, who pay their labor power to bourgeois, and the bourgeois they pay the wages, and they have an exchange there. They were unsatisfied with what they get. Yeah, and or German the Junkism. Yeah. Right, and suddenly Marx Marx came out saying, "Oh, that's wrong. We we have we all have the right to revolt and change the society if possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Society should be for everyone." Yes, and that's how, as far as I know, German Revolution revolted. Okay. Maybe something you want to add because my information is really lack. No, no, no. Just the Communist Manifesto was, what can I say, released, addressed, just yes. months before when, months before when the revolt, revolted, revolt raised. So yeah, you're right. You're right. right. So go on. So this revolution is actually. I should redefine this thing. It's not the. We're not. We're gonna concentrate on the German part of revolution, but this revolution happened everywhere in Europe, probably except like United Kingdom. But still, of eighteen forty eight, it happened everywhere. Because, yeah, the poverty hit Europe everywhere. So, it's about pan Europe. Pan Europe. Every the class shifted. So, it started. In 1832, at but, the Hamburg right? Yeah, but Johan, can you can I ask something? Mm-hmm. You sure. keep mentioned you can mention the economic failure and poverty, and could you explain yes. the detail about the economic reason? So, what is what was the poverty here? Poverty here. Yeah. Well, as far as I know, mm-hmm. but. This poverty hit because some say that it was due to wars and the bourgeois they made the proletariats face heavy taxation and they there were also political censorship. There were no written constitutions. There weren't. They didn't have enough rights, enough human rights, as we, as us today. Isn't it right? Well, yeah, yeah. Generally. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and as far as I know, since Humboldt first, Republicans, they wanted to make a movement and they actually wanted to unify Germany after the fall of Roman Empire due to Nap- Napoleon in, when was it, like in 1806? Or am I right? You usually get going well, so... <laughs> You, 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 what can I say? You can stop asking me, am I right? So just keep speaking um, eloquently. Okay. So, yeah. And then the most important part of this revolution was the February Revolution. Mm-hmm. So, so, this poverty happens, the rights, they were oppressed. And that period, it went on for like three years. As far as I know, that intense three years. And then in February, a country next to Germany, France, they, the uprising happened, or in other words, the revolution of February. Mm-hmm. Print the, I forgot, the king of Ripley. Yeah. He was. Yeah, he was. What can I say? He set the uh, he set the crown. He set the throne. Yeah, right. Crown, okay, and he yeah. claimed himself as a king of the people in France. Mm-hmm. Due to what can I say? Because of the February Revolution, right? And in this background, some sentiment, libertarian sentiment, and some yeah, libertarian sentiments. Were were, were were spread 
were spreading through the entire right. European continent. And then in this background, in this sentiment, in this mood, Mohammad's revolution broke down. Right. So mostly it was like the former kings and queens make a parliament, make a written constitution, and go in exile. That was like the movement. It was like what was happening. It was what the proletariat wanted. And yes, therefore, after February Revolution, since Louis Philip yeah. was abdicated, a revolution happened in March 13th in Vienna, a part of like the German states or right and German well, Federation. Federation, I think. At the time, yeah, I have a German Deutsche Bund, yeah, Federation, right. yeah. Well, and one point I have to know, we I have to notice at this point. So yeah. we kept saying, mentioned bourgeoisie as kind of symbol of reactionary in this podcast, right? Yet right. so far, but actually, the eighteen forty eighteen forty eight European Revolution or Mass Revolution. Was the confrontation between the some kind of some aristocrats, aristocrats and some loyalists like, which, the what can I say, who were inferred as ancien regime in French, and and bourgeoisie who is libertarian, who were libertarian and the proletariat who who were proletariats who were influenced by socialism. Thought, socialist thought. So there, so initially there was kind of bond alliance between bourgeoisie and bourgeoisie, is this so, what can I say? Citizen, citizen class or bourgeoisie and some proletarian. Right. So we have to distinguish bourgeoisie and some kind of unseen regime in this podcast. So, mm, right. so, what can I say? Who were reaction? Who were reactionary? Were some kind of nobles and kings, or something like some peoples like that? And who were progressive? Who were who had some kind of disappointment, or who want to change the world, change the nation? Were proletarian and bourgeoisie. So we have to dis- distinguish them. Right, yes. Okay, keep going on. Huh. Oh, this is kind of hard, I guess. It... So, let's go back to our war. Where we were, where were we? We're about... Uh, well, March I think it would, it, would, it, would, it would be a good point to give some introduction to math revolution and go to some kind of process. Process? Of the revolution. Okay. History. Right. Overview. So the March Revolution, which was a large street demonstration that happened in Vienna mm-hmm. on March 13th, 1848. It was led by university students. So yeah, they were also part of proletariats. And they demonstrated demand of constitution we talked about before, yeah. and assembly, which we also talked about the political oppressions. Right. Yes, and in general, they wanted democracy, as far as I know. They wanted freedom and democracy. Yeah, your liberal politics. Right. And this led to the Diet protesting and demanding that Metternich resign, which actually did happen. Right, which was was very important. It was kind of shocking how proletariats they actually voted and it succeeded. Well, for them at least, it looked like it would until the end. So 
Metronish with no force, he just reluctantly complied. And then he was dismissed by Ferdinand first. And so, yeah, he went to, into exile in London. And later on in Prussia. Prussian, yeah. Yeah. There were other minor, not sure what I call this minor, but there were revolt. revolts, which weren't that effective or weren't that shocking, but it continuously happened. Unfortunately, those bourgeois, they start to oppress him. Like in yeah. on March 18th in Tiergarten, right? Keep going on. The army, they charged people, yeah. then they killed, as far as I know, yeah. hundreds or thousands. Yeah, and then afterwards, Friedrich, he did attempt to reassure the public and told the soldiers to retreat. But yeah, well, the people already dead. And it was already, it already created a crack, right? Crack to the revolution or movement. And so on. Actually, surprisingly, German states did write a constitution. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, they yeah. did allow the assembly, which later on gets shifted again, but still, yes. And they did make a parliament, which proposed a constitutional monarchy of hereditary. Well, can I but, digress? Yes. For minutes, like, for minutes, like. Well, yeah, in Preussen, Prussia, there was kind of revolt. There were kind of continuous revolts in there, but uh, due to the February Revolution in France, in France, some people who wants to liberal, who wants to be liberal, and who wants some kind of democracy or parliamentary politics, were agitated. Were agitated, and you know. Another another revolt broke out, and you know, as Johan explained, the king Frederick Wilhelm the Fourth. Yes. Yeah, Wilhelm the Fourth. What can I say? Tried to tried to some kind soothe soothe some kind of angry people at first, with kind yeah. of that kind of. With, with promising that we we will make diet and we will make we will guarantee kind of some freedom of speech or something like that, but you know some aristocrats some yunkers yunkers were angry then angry about that then so kind of poor Frederick Wilhelm the Fourth and the king promised aristocrat that he he how can I say oppressed the oppressed the citizens by his army. And you know, lots of people that, and at this point, I have to apologize that I, I said that since the February Revolution, Louis Philippe, Louis Philippe, what can I say, set the crown, but it was the opposite. So since the February Revolution, Louis Philippe was abdicated and the new republic was founded. Well, and you know, I said that. Frederick Wilhelm the Fourth eventually, eventually supp 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 suppressed the revolt, suppressed the revolt with his armies and just killing some people and some some Junkers leaded leaded this oppression or it's kind of, kind of what can I say some movement some oppression movement and one of the Junkers was one of the Junkers was the Bismarck the famous chancellor of the Deutsche Empire. Right. So later on, after some kings resigned, kings and queens resigned, and proletarian domains they rise. And in March 1848, a crowd of people they gathered in Berlin to demand to present their demands on Frederick William IV about like the parliamentary elections, a, const a written constitution and freedom of the press and assembly and etc. And 
this king at the time at the point he promised that Prussia would forward try to merge with Germany and do their best to keep their demands but as these publics they went back the king sent an army to capture them yeah they captured them lots of hundreds of people died or were injured and so king he didn't keep its promise and this later on happened again on march 21st when the king they he attended a funeral at the friedrichshain cemetery for the civilian victims of the uprising for the his army sacrifice rebellion happened again and yes he had to run away so proletarians they got the power again and later on prusia they finally they accepted something called in german dreiklassen wahlrecht which was their own special franchise system yeah prusia for which which existed for a very long time. And what is the yes. what is the Klassewahlrecht? So the Reichklassewahlrecht is so literally it means the franchise of three classes and it was like Prussian's own system of election. So these there were three classes and they are able to evenly exercise power mean well evenly in terms of uh each classes had like for example 33.3% of the power or the votes yeah but the system was problematic why was it can you explain right because well upper classes for example there were like 100 upper classes and then like millions of the lower classes yeah but so like 4% and 80% of the population they shared and they exercised same amount of power and votes yeah so right. 30% for the first classes the first class like some clerky could could represent the class entire entire class but 30% for right. arbeiter class the arbeiter the, yeah. the working class couldn't yes. represent the entire class so it was kind of decisive system Right. And, you know since 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 eventually the uprising or kind of rebellion for in, mm -hmm. in the perspective of king eliminated or eliminated eliminated by the troops by the army and by the force of aristocrats and since the king frederick wilhelm the fourth mandated that the that the Preussian will return will return to the ancient regime the old system well this kind of hopeless end will be would be determined but as you all know as you know that yeah. the kind of, well I will be kind of poet I will be a poet for an instant the the flame of the revolution the flame for liber liberty won't right won't be won't be dimmed but in move to other german states mm -hmm. let's talk about that other let's talk about some kind of that other states right um, yeah at least i know that in frankfurt there was also the kind of assembly or something like that could you explain more mm -hmm. yeah so Frankfurt uh, an assembly was founded to satisfy the demands of the proletariats and other various german states and mainly for the unification of germany so some assembly mainly they had the liber liberals and they also had the nationalists and they had con continuous debate over the demands we mentioned before like written constitution or parliament elections and furthermore they also discussed about the unification of germany whether 
Aust for example, whether Austria should be the main part of German, you know, United German state, or whether it should be Persia and that kind of stuff. And unfortunately, as far as I know, they have failed to come up with a resolution which is this fully discussed and determined. So yes, as far as I know, they fail. Am I right? Yeah, they they what can I say in consequence they fail. Right. So mm -hmm. they partially fulfilled the demand like the partial demands of the format before March revolutions. And they did prov provide a foundation of basic rights, which ha and they have its meaning here. However, yeah. unfortunately, they failed to challenge the monarchy yeah. and the hereditary emperor. Yeah, most of the foundation, well, at foundation, the foundations have had, what can I say, had their meaning, meaning for as the first foundation itself, the first foundation itself, but well, most of the foundation or the success of the of the revolutions were kind of decidful, decidful, decidful promise or compromise of unseen regime to just soothe the soothe angry people, and maybe lots of list, lots of listen, our listeners noticed that we don't, we didn't talk that much about some Frankfurt or some kind of southern Germany, southern German states. Yeah, that's because while there were kind of some revolutionary factions in southern Germany also, but their power, their power was not, was not that strong, as strong as the northern one. So the revolution in the south Germany, south, south southern Germany, southern, Southern Germany was well dimmed easily. I like the, I like the expression dimmed. Right. Well, yeah, and the one one another reason that the revolution was failed, unlike in the the February Revolution in France, was that the bond between bourgeoisie and the proletarians was not that consolidated. At, as consolidated as in the France. So, well, kind of said there was the, what can I say, the revolutionary faction in Germany was fragmentized and therefore the power was not focused to one common objective. So right. it was eliminated. It was exterminated or cruel thing. Yeah, declined. Fortunately, yeah. shifted in 1951, just like back to Fermat's. Yeah, Bismarck's uh, kind of symbol of conservatism, German conservatism. Well, but there are kind of some kind of, what can I say, foundation that's still lingering today. Well, you know the German flag, Schwarz-Rot-Gold? Yeah. Was first, well, what can I say, was started to use, to be used since this revolution. As, oh, really? Yeah, as the symbol of German nationalism. Yeah. Well, we didn't mention this this by mistake, but it's by mistake or in mistake, but by mistake. By mistake. But nationalism, German nationalism was another some kind of you can say crucial factor for this mass revolution and yeah, and the pan-European revolution in 1848 and 1849. So lots of Republicans and lots of libertarians, libertari libertarian, uh, what kind of, uh, sorry, so Republican thoughts and libertarian thoughts was unified, what can I say? Unif merged, merged with, merged, merged into some kind of nationalism thoughts. And that was one of the most one most powerful source of people's desire for revolution in this Europe, in this turbulent era of European history. Yeah, and I think we talked enough about this 
pandemic. Now it's a revolution's process, how the revolution worked. Right, on um, pan-Europeism. Yeah. Us. Well, so we talk, we have, we have, <laughs> we have talked about the Marx revolution and it's some simple overview and how it's quite sad to speak, but how the revolution was crushed by the kings. And we will now talk about what, in what, at, on with, at, what can I say, in what attitude the Germans looked the revolution. Well, Johan, what do you think about, what do you think about in your mind when you listen to the word revolution? Revolution, well, honestly, I'm positive with that because like uprising, to me, uprising is something failed. It's like a failed version of revolution. Revolution usually, when we name it revolution, it made a great shift that actually affected that generation and the latter in a good way. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, but then I'll rephrase my question. Uh... Mm -hmm. When you think about revolution, the kind of what can I say? Violent images are related to your mind. In your mind. Well, it varies because, like, considering the socialists, considering socialism and Marxism, yeah, where they actually like want it. Mm -hmm. I mean, they made proletariats actually do that revolt, and in theoretic. Theoretically, they did allow like violations and they actually wanted them to do it. They thought they considered violation as a way of shifting the classes and making a revolution. And they consider it the right way. And therefore they even have lots things on, the, on their symbol. They have lot, the sickle, right? Mm -hmm. They even have a sickle and yeah, so to me, considering socialism, it, it revolution and it does have a violation or aspect. Um, um, what about uh, so? What can I say? Socialist socialist revolution is, or what can I say? Was the timeline kind of twisted? So is the future event in the point mm -hmm. in the point of view of mass revolution? So. Let's talk about the previous revolutions, like American revolutions or French Revolution. War the revolution was war the revolution violent. Well, yeah, well, right. They they were both violent or like offensive. They freed the jail. They broke the jail, they broke into palace. Yeah. On the American Revolution, right? They like they drowned Trust. boats, right? What about the glorious? What, what about the glorious revolution? Glorious revolution? Mm, weren't weren't it also like aren't all viol like revolutions can include violations? I mean, that's one of the most effective ways. Well, yeah, it's like common way though. I think now did I did I induce kind of this conclusion, but. Well, well yeah, it didn't contain violation. Well, in general, revolution, though it's kind, though its meaning is perceived now quite positive, it's relevant, usually relevant with violent image like some riot or some execution, <laughs> like right. socialist, like the Roman of Roman of family in the socialist revolution and the French 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 king and Marie Antoinette and French Revolution. Mm -hmm. But in that era of Marx Revolution, uh, German well, well 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 what can I say? In that era, in that era of Marx Revolution, the concept of revolt and revolution was kind of distinctively distinguished. Kind of funny. So what can I say? The German thought that revolt or what can I say? Offer or Burger Creek 
it's kind of yeah. revolt. It's kind of a word for the revolt in that what which were used in that era, some kind of pre-modern era. And so we're the rebellion, rebellion, and rebellion is the violent one, and revolt, revolution was peaceful one. Is peaceful one. That's what the Germans got in that era. So, lots of German thinkers first thought that the French Revolution was not fully revolution, but there must, there, there must kind of rebellion or revolt. Must have been, must have been, you know, correlated to the event, but you know. So what can I say? There is a kind. There is a there is a man who named Morbihan, though it's though he's French, not German. Uh, he mentioned he mentioned he mentioned revolution with this phrase, peaceful transition of peaceful transition of the constitution. Quite ironic. But you know, as lots of events did do, as as lots of events or lots of ideology that ideologies did in history, uh, this concept of revolution was radical ha, had been radicalized through the history. So well Think about the lower spheres and reign of terror. So gradually, revolution was started to integrate it with terror and you know some dictatorship. And uh, in that process, the first what can I say? What can I say? The, one of the principles of revolution that initially, initially consist consists of consisted of the concept of revolution. The what can I say, the approval of the majority or approval of people or some peacefulness, peace, was faded away, faded away. Quite a pathetic. And also, well, yeah. Johan, could you help me one more while I organize my mind? Like, okay, well. Uh... So, right, as you mentioned, we there are different varying sites, there are varying visions. Mostly revolutions, they do contain violation. To summarize what you said, and yes, unique, uniquely, there are glorious revolutions toward bloodless. But, um, yeah, so it's like, it's difficult. Some people say that revolution is it change. It actually um affects or it implies no. It affects the con, con the parliament to actually make a more effective law or effective regulations or rules or yeah, which would eventually lead to. Um, what to call it, a better condition for proletarians. Um, well, yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> as we know that, as we know, what can I say from Johan's mumbling and hesitation between say, before saying something, well, the concept, yeah. concept of revolution still, though it's radicalized and standardized to one way, though still complicated, it was still complicated. And so there were, oh, well, abruptly, abruptly, bluntly distinct, distinguishing the groups, some various groups in German that exist in Germany in that era. There were most, there were three big three groups three groups to inter for interpreting the revolution. So the Democrats and constitu constitutionalist, constitutionalist on what can I say? The, well, my material, my material, my material said fract practicalist, okay. Fragmat fragmatism, 
right. How can I say this? Utilitarian? Yeah, utilitarian. So, well, Democrats, like Democrats mm-hmm. like Forster or Peter, who wrote the rest on the German Deutsche Folk, German, German folks, emphasized the concept of people, concept of folk, still, though, still, yeah, still. But like constitutionalists like Benjamin Erhardt, mm-hmm. Benjamin Erhardt say that, what can I say? Well, well, well organized constitution and laws yeah. are crucial for re- revolution because, well, the concept of the concept of revolution is divided. Well, divided divided with two big people, two big, big wow, two big parts. So, Erhard insisted that there are there are two kind of people. There are two kind of revolutionists who also one of them. One of them. One of them is the people. One of them is the, one of them is the revolutionist who start the revolution for himself or herself. And the other one is who started the revolution because of the others, because of the others, not him or her, not him or her. So, well, for the first one, so who tried to use revolution personally in personal way, mm-hmm. the revolution in the end made the demise because he or she eventually ruined the ruined the what can I say the revolution's foundation the so the society's the society's advance and the approval of the approval of the many and for the other for the another ones for cousin well we can say that I'm kind of authoritarian authoritarian or a benevolent one mm-hmm. well Erhard insists that the benevolent one still ruined the revolution because they, what can I say, take care of the others too many, too much. So, so they were too altruistic? Too, yeah, they were too altruistic. So they, what can I say, they care, they care, they care the others, they care who left too much, not the, mm-hmm. not the, they care the others who will who will be affected the who will be affected by the change who the what that which the revolution revolution revolutionist made so the altruistic ones failed to achieve their objectives so i heart insist the laws and constitution which are well well organized and well advised can resolve this kind of complicated problem. And, you know, utilitarian. Utilitarians were a kind of utilitarian. Well, how can I say? So utilitarian is itself. Like what what utilitarian, what does utilitarian mean, Johan? Well, there are the ones who will try to maximize like the effectiveness or happiness and well-being of like individuals isn't it what utilitarian means they try to maximize the value for like actual goods maybe well yeah benefits welfare well yeah but you know in this time in this time Mm -hmm. in the perspective of Mao's revolution or some pan-European revolution. Utilitarian does not mean that dictionary definition. So that's why I hesitated so much before I say, uh, well, Kozilek, Leinhardt Kozilek, who wrote the, the Grund, Grundvergriff, the basic mm-hmm. concept of history, the, a, a German historian, that classified what has identified defined the utilitarian as who opposed the concept of French Revolution itself. So like the people who like Edmund Burke, who 
It's famous for the father of the British, modern, British or modern conservatism and was famous for his essay, The Reflection on the French Revolution. The essay, which contains kind of some anti-revolutionary contents. Mm -hmm. So they think, they think now revolution mm -hmm. became too politics, too partial, like too, what can I say, depends on part, party's interest and too yeah. radicalized after the Robespierre. So it's useless to distinguish some, what can I say, some original, okay, or tra traditional or original revolution, which was peaceful and which can only be started with the approval of the many and the revolution of now, which is radical and bloodshed, bloodstained with, mm -hmm. and what can I say, kind of affected by populism. So utilitarian viewed revolutions as useless one. So they think it's too abstract and the revolution now doesn't relate to the practicals and daily life anymore. So, but they, but they, what can I say, in their, in their sight, revolution just, uh, insight, insight, revolution just, in, rev, lots of revolution just incited lots of various some political debates, political disputes, and some violence events, which are useless and kind of harmful for some stable life. So they opposed the concept of revolution itself because they're not, the concept was not good for our life and people's life. So to them, revolution was never beneficial. Yeah, well, you're better than me. <laughs> so the the gibberish I have, the gibberish I had, I had, I had just trying to say to explain for five minutes. Just you organized the idea with one sentence. They were not beneficial. Such an elegant move. Yeah. So there were kind of yeah. So although there were uh, various perspectives, so. Immanuel Kant, some German philosopher, philosopher made his own perspective on the revolution. And another, another philosopher, Schopenhauer, Arthur, Arthur Schopenhauer, also has his own perspective, also had his own perspective on the revolution. But there are too, there were too many to discuss in here. And well, simply we can we can categorize various various perspectives at three: some Democrats or pro-public consent and constitutionalist who didn't believe some people's will or revolutionaries some benevolence or altruism, and the last one utilitarian who think. That the revolution was never beneficial. Yeah. And my gavelish ends now. And now I like to give the bottom, bottom uh, position of the host, show the podcast host to you again, Johan. Yeah. Please tidy up, tidy up this mess, please. <laughs> Well, please show me a, a salvation. What diverse perspective, huh? Not sure whether it is in the boundary I could manage the information as you mentioned, the perspectives. There were two various. I almost I was almost half dream, dreaming, daydreaming. Whoa, okay, now we have utilitarians, not beneficial. Now contradicts revolutionary itself i'm not i hope that our listeners maybe probably could have understood what we mentioned we were trying to present a lot of concepts on views in a very short time 
not sure whether it was effective or not, but hopefully it was. They will listen my lack of, you know, lack of speech skill. No, no. No, no, no. Whatever, but, uh, but yeah, one point we have to mention that. Okay, yeah. so in this moment, some Democrat or Republican doesn't mean, okay, they don't mean like the t- concept, like the political attitudes or stance mm-hmm. today's, right. such as today's left, like uh, Republicans or libertarians in like 18th in the 18th century in the history mm-hmm. are well are more similar to today's conservatives conservatives now like today's Republicans American Republicans. So like I th- I thought we have to mention too so that listeners don't you know confused won't confuse yeah by the way most importantly it doesn't represent our political perspectives okay. please remember that it was just an historical review we didn't mean anything i mean we just meant to present yeah like what they meant in history and you know, and we don't you know we, we hadn't you know expressed our political Thing you stand oh, for this right. you, don't, you don't need right. to worry. You don't need to worry. Like okay, just you, in case you didn't need to like slap slam the your you know desk and some address disclaimer. Uh, people. <laughs> well, yeah, and I I have I want to say sorry to our listeners that. This folk about that this focus is not about some um, fr- not about French Revolution but mass revolution in Germany. <laughs> we have to modify our story. Ah. Well, yeah. So we'll be back with, with more, we'll be back more prepared with more prepared. information and, and yeah. a better script. And you know though. Though our podcast title is History Givelish, we were trying to yeah. say, we were trying not to givelish in this podcast. We tried <laughs> to put our effort to some kind of convey some precise information and say clearly. So please don't be mad. Unfortunately, we're very faithful with our title. So, yes. I think it's a good point to it's a good time to say farewell to our farewell to our listeners. Adios amigo. Off it is an